sending love and honor to all the family that is here today. This is the Secret Energy Worldwide Meditation. It's day 22. This is for sure the time where the habits begin to set in, that the habits are formed. We've been on this journey and wow, it's been incredible for me personally, just to, you know, to really, really drive into this and to just do my best at supporting so many things as all of us are here doing our best in, in supporting all of the energies that are going on around that are having their experience around us. And today I wanted to, as I, well, first of all, for those that are just joining, I did ask that, uh, you know, if you want to grab a pen and paper, uh, this would be a good time because we can really start distilling everything that we've learned and um, put to our hearts and put into this co-creation because it's going to be something that we have with us always. And I know that, you know, in many cases, we're used to seeing, you know, like a lot of meditative material out there. And, you know, it just seems almost so easy, (laughs) to be honest. It's like, I just see Sometimes it's just like a video after video, a video after video on YouTube, and someone's talking about meditation, someone's talking about yoga. And I guess if it's all of us doing it, then it becomes easy because it feels like you're getting a lot um, because you're getting it from multiple beings. And um, that's what we look to do in this first part of going up this ladder of lights, uh, this first full spectrum, if you may. In this period, I personally was. I don't know if you want to say summoned or signaled or whatever by the co-creative being that is all of us together. And it was like, it's time now. And um, all right, so we're all good on our broadcasting channel. It was amazing. It was like, it's time now. And I was like, man, it's always time. You know, I was just on something else. And it's just uh, time now in a sense to, it's time to bring everyone together and get them onto that foundation because things are going to get a little shaky. And there are many of the beloved that there's been so much work done to see that work just crumble would be unfathomable for their guides. So what I'm saying is, is that there of course was already awareness that what began with this year and kept going on with just the foundation of the illusion starting to crumble. And then you needing to see where, the facts were and truth were and making and make that transition from the illusion into the fact and truth and firm foundation of self. But in that transition, we could, we could get a little bit shaky. We can start to doubt self. And if you ever witnessed a person that they can't go back to where they came from and they don't know where to go, it's pretty unstable for them. And so when we bought in this foundation collectively, we did this because we wanted to ensure that, when we start dialing into the new spectrum, I don't know if we could call it the new norm. I guess that's the term they use. We dial into the new spectrum. We feel fully empowered inside of the spectrum. We don't feel like that we've lost it all and it's all over. And um, we don't feel like that all of our work was in vain because we work in the invisible. And it's interesting because even as a teacher, there is a message that is virtually external and it just talks about what's going on in the external reality and how you need to get together, get yourself together. But there's also obviously the internal message about that we exist beyond this and the decisions that you're making now and what you're choosing to do with how you're building your soul and your consciousness is going to pay off for you or become a debt in your next level of your experience. So it's either going to pay off for you. You're going to have so many riches that you've built up. That's why they talk about riches being stored up in the temple, right? And this symbolism is about these jewels or these gems that are inside of you and actually understanding their value. So today, I'm just going to give you some power words you can create from it as you wish. Uh, It's yours. It also gives you the formula and the sequence. So when you speak these words in order, then what they do is, and their cognates, what they do is, is they give you a some level of synchronicity with the energy and with the power as it's always moving through because it's always present. 
it'll also, as you see, as we conclude these definitions, it'll give you the ability to not, as I said, know the order, but also how to make your head meet your tail, make your A meet your Z, if you may, to be able to allow what comes from the top to be in alignment with what's going on at the bottom so that you can connect. This is not a very long-winded presentation today. Uh, I think we've got plenty of those in. I always say that early. I haven't stopped yet, right? But uh, it's been a wild journey for me even to just dive through all of these energies because I'm also delivering this message during a time where energies are way more stronger than they normally are. So if it's joy, then the joy is just like, you know, it makes you cry that much joy. And then obviously the pain and, and the separation and all of that is coming in those equal in, uh, equal intensities. And I trust that you know, any, any person that's taken me on as a mentor that they see a really good example of what exactly to do uh, when these type of transitional phases present themselves. So that way you're always adept at knowing what to do to yourself, what to do with others that are around you, and most importantly, what to do in the co-creation, because there's always going to be someone kicking up some distortion over there and that always give us a pur gives us a purpose to come into an awareness and awakening with ourselves. Avatars are awoke or awoken during times of great stress and trauma. Other than that, they feel like sometimes they don't have anything to do, so they kind of go to sleep and uh, you know sink into the dream. And you could imagine that if you're not doing anything in the external world, and you already understand how to build out luxurious real stuff you know made of light lux is light luxurious stuff inside of your own consciousness you just kind of build this huge luxurious realm and you kind of sink into that and anybody that calls on you and wants to vibrate where you're at they get a chance to enjoy that too however when the kingdoms that our luxurious worlds are actually built on because light is still a part of matter it is still something it's tangible when that starts to dim our spectrum, then we have to wake up anyway and come in and hold the space. It's not something that we're unfamiliar with. <laughs> Some have already witnessed themselves in the dream doing things that they cannot do in the physical reality. So it's a hint to you that everything that is, could be done, you already know how to do in that space. This is the space where we step it down a bit. It's like slowing down the music. You're right. Instead of that, you know, the, the vibratory frequency, high frequency. Have you ever listened to high frequencies? It's like, uh, right. And, and so that frequency, it's associated with a certain level of power. So when we go into our own consciousness and we go deep and then we go into our own luxurious world, it's almost like we make the music slow. We slow it down. And, and then that gives us a certain groove. So now also through these 22 days, you've got every single in and out as much as possible on the planetary centers inside of yourself called the chakras and their behavior. I trust that you haven't seen anything different from them that you see from yourself because that is us. And so no longer do we have to look into something like some external entities or external deities and external. I don't doubt that they're there, just like I'm here with you right now. But the greatest use that you could have with any of this stuff is to actually figure it out within. So how these mantras start today is in a basic sequence of you realizing exactly what has gone on and what will continue to go on to allow you to have every single experience because you have all of the combinations. You have the codes, if you made to the matrix. Also keeping in mind that when we set out on this journey, it was as someone piloting at least part of the ship, difficult for me to tell everyone how long it was our journey was gonna take. Obviously, let's say if I'm gonna jump in a boat and I'm gonna to travel to Sweden, I could say I'm gonna get there in 30 days, but depending on the conditions of the waters, that's gonna determine how fast I get there. There's gonna be situations happening on board. Maybe I need to park off at you know Maldives or something like that to regas up or something may occur and that may stretch out or lessen the time. I may catch a good wind. I catch a good wind, I'm riding that wind, everybody's feeling good, the food is, is there, you know, the entertainment's good, like, and we're sailing across this and the ocean is, is calm and, this, and the currents are strong. 
then we're going to get there. We're going to be there 20 days, 15 days, right? So I'm just giving an analogy here for what I was called into this to set the foundation and make sure at least those uh, that have, have their guides, which are those that are in this line, um, to make sure that they didn't mess up something that they had already built because it's this new energy had come in so strong with, you know, no jobs all of a sudden and all of this stuff. There was this misconceptions going on in the beginning of what we were really seeing, right? Some people thought, some people thought a lot of things, but we changed that energy and that energy is already changed now. Meaning that if you even start feeling unstable, you got to start getting stuck back into that and you just get onto this because it's already been tried true. It's been proven over years. Anybody that got involved with themselves, <laughs> not with secret energy, we understand. Anybody that got involved with themselves, they never lost. There was never anything that didn't come to them. The only danger is, and this is by facts and clear proofs, is that if you look too much outside for a solution, it's not there. It is not there. The first part of the solution is not out there. It is actually in here. So this is a simple, simple formula then, but often uh, uh, it, it's just omitted. It's not used. And this is where great dangers come. The simple formula is first internally, in, understand what's going on in this. You cannot do anything else for beings out there if you don't have this structure properly. Just like in the, in the real world, if you don't do the exercise, if you don't lift the weights, you're not strong enough to carry other people. You're just not. So these are, again, these clear proofs that should sober us up sometimes from these big giant stories that involve so many different integers. Those are great. Those are fun. But when it's time to just, like I said, take care of the babies, when it's time to actually really stand into how are we going to support each other? When it's time to get at those things because we actually need it, now it's going to take you to know your principles, to know your properties, and as an alchemist, to know what you have in your cabinet. Because you have everything, you just need to know what's in there. Sometimes I got, I got different types of tools, and sometimes I even forget that I have certain tools. Like I'll go like 30 minutes, you know, leveling something out perfect on the beam like the old way. And then I realized, oh, man, I got a beam laser thing that I got. And then it'll be already done. And I was like, man, that was one minute versus 30 minutes. You know, you know, let's let's optimize here. Let's remember all the tools that we have so that we don't have to spend so long on something and we're just getting started. And so. These powers, as we begin with them, I would call them sidas. It's like a city. Sidas. It's like. What our word for cities, you know, everybody's in the city. And this is the, I believe that's Sanskrit word for powers, like abilities. And instead of like reading just the ones, make yourself infinitely small, do this and do that and do that. Those are there, but that's another stage. We need the ones that are right on this spectrum right now. What gems or what jewels did we inherit? in order to be able to use these tools to be able to build our temples and to assist even others in doing the same thing, setting their foundations, etc. As we said, one, first we were given this sun, ruling from the egg. The mantra is strength and greatness. So you're just going to write down one, strength and greatness. And if you dwell on it, any period, then you will remember our conversations about how you're ruling from the egg. That you have this potency about you. And if you look at an egg and then you look at the sun, like any pictures that even children draw of the sun, you kind of get that this is a master template of the beginning of life. So that's why we say strength and greatness, because it's in it's in the youth, like everything is right there, like even in that seed, everything is right there. But it's also small enough to get into somewhere. You want to put a red oak tree somewhere, you can forget it. Once it starts growing, you can't move it. So seeds are perfectly designed to get where they need to go to fit into the nook and crannies and and crevices 
of the realms so that they can start growing there. That is our ancestors' ability to make sure that we stay alive, like everything else has that same innate ability to make sure that it thrives and stays alive. So our ancestors have put seeds in dark places. They've put every part of existence in as many places of themselves, as many places as they can. As an explorer, every time you find a new place, plant a seed there. But you need to know the seeds in your pack because if the seed is weak and you put it in a dangerous place, then it'll get choked out. Think about it again. You have different kinds of seeds. You have seeds that you throw them on a concrete, they start growing just with water. They don't even need soil. And then you have seeds that actually they need a specific type of environment. That's the spectrum. We have a seeds that we throw in that they'll bud anywhere. No matter what you put me through, what I got to go through, I'm going to make something of that. But what I make is for another seed that is gentler, but also has something amazing and great going on to grow in the ground that I've settled. If I've cracked even open the cement, I've grinded up and churned up some of this talc and turned it into potassium. The seed that comes behind me will have a soft ground and will have some potassium and some nitrates to get ready to start their process of doing the same thing. That's why I feel like that on the top of that tower when we saw that one tree growing out, that's just like showing that that's the extension, that's the connection. All of the beings that are in the lower realm are holding it up and, and, and putting their hands through the being that's on the top to reach the highest. Like as an awareness for all of us that still like we had to build all of this. We had to bring in all of these components just to sustain life and existence. And yes, we do look like a huge thick stacked cake or even a house of cards at times with how dangerous and how tottery things could be. And that's why we count on these foundational principles. So you have one, the strength and the greatness. We're going to just call this also the ninefold spirit. Like it's the ninefold spirit mantra, right? You know, they love to have names on it, right? So what do we call it? The ninefold spirit mantra. So you have that strength and you have that greatness. That's your one. Now you move into two because you have in two love and nourishment. Okay, put that down there. Two, love and nourishment. This is the moon. This is the sojourn. This is dealing with your funk. <laughs> this is when the mother has to change your dirty diapers. Everything is a vibration and everything is a frequency. That's why I was realizing that, you know, I got on this thing. They talk about how the, the serpent can be unclean, right? Like the dragon could be unclean, they call it unclean. I was like, what does this mean? You know, and I started thinking of snakes when they move through and they got this skin and the skin looks like pretty much it could be cleaned off really easy. So I say it can't have anything necessarily to do with just the being being foul. There's far more foul creatures. Why would the dragon be unclean? And once again, it's like a <laughs> silly look right there. It's the intestines. If the intestines are unclean, the dragon's unclean. You get it? We didn't mean for everybody to take it so far, you know, and, you know, now the whole thing gets all messed up. But just think about that, that if your intestines are not clean, then it is the unclean dragon, right? So in all of that uncleanliness, because old worm, you know, this is worm is actually the original cognate of what a dragon is. It's like a metamorphosis process, just like you see a pupa and then a butterfly. That the worm is very similar to like even the child. Like when you see the child first come out, it's just like there and it's just worming around. It's just the first stage. So in this, again, who's going to love and nourish that first stage though? <laughs> Who wants to really be there when it's time to change diapers? Generally, you find a dad, like he, I guess we'll say in this case, it's the dad, the son, right? Whatever. He runs off. <laughs> I'm rolling from the egg. I can't, uh-uh. 
I can't change no diapers. <laughs> so it is the moon that steps it down. Baby steps. Teach us how you gotta teach a child. Like I'm like one of those people, man. I'm a really good instructor, I guess, but I do like to instruct on the things that I like to, to, to talk about. And I'd like to get into versus when the moon lunar energy comes in, it ta- starts talking about the basics. Like just, this is how you tie your shoes. This is how you get up and walk. This is how you eat. This is how you chew. And of course, you know, these vast consciousness, they don't want to be around to teach you how to chew, man. I'm about to, I'll be over here where after you learn how to chew. So you got to remember there's consciousnesses that are like that. They're too delicate to handle these kind of situations. They wait, come up there. I'll, when you need to know the ultimate maximum principles, I'll be there for you, but I'm definitely not coming down there. So who is going to be there with you? That's number two, love and nourishment. Now we have number nine, because it's a code. And if the code was already given, then we would already had unlocked it. So one, two, three is not the code. One, two, nine is the code. And nine is the protector and honor. This is your words, protection and honor. Okay. And if anything beyond just saying the words or coming up with a nice poem as you're smoothing into this, you can always say strength and greatness is truly who I am as I continuously accept the love and the nourishment of who I am as I protect and honor. So you could be as base as that with it if, as far as getting this mantra in your mind. So when you're going to sleep, if you don't remember long things, write a short version of this. And work on practicing it. Show some discipline already. And take yourself into the system of, of what they call sleep with this process. Because what you're doing is you're actually uttering the code that opens up the worlds in the proper order. So protection and honor comes here because we know that nine is that number. And it's a part, it's an energy. We don't want to really get into just planets and what they are. We want to understand how that energy comes into play, the protection. Talked about before the professional technologies. How to guard what's going on within, right? Which is the ultimate form of protection from the external. We went so deep into that. And this honor, you know, remember honor is something that you can restore have you ever seen like one of the old japanese movies that they we gotta do this and this and this to restore honor it always seems like honor is like a thing you have to push back up on the shelf because it falls off because we take hits in this all the time on the foundation the foundation may crumble like man i thought i built that strong enough for everybody man it was somewhat a little dishonorable to to who i really am i need to regain that honor When we have honor, we actually respect ourselves a lot more, right? We feel the value of self. Honor is tied directly into the value of self. Not what everybody else sees about you, what you've actually already done. And then this gives you an internal feeling of comfort. That is honor. And again, honor can be restored. So if you feel like that, you have been dishonorable in certain ways. It's just all a part of it. You wouldn't even see honor if you didn't see dishonor. They hang out together. So if you feel like that, if there's any energy that you feel like you dishonored within yourself, I wouldn't play the external dishonored game. It never ends. It's like a big trick in itself because everything will insist that you have not honored it enough externally. But internally, self-worth, self-value comes from honor. And you're to protect that. That's why these two always come together. This is about like an internal protection system. That's why it's professional stuff. The cheesy stuff is all about external protection, the guns and all that kind of stuff. That's all external protection. You're trying to protect a jelly bean. It's going to take some damage. But internally to the infinite, you need to understand how that connects. And now you do. You understand why you have your protectors. So you have your protection and honor. That's number nine. And then we move in to number five. Number five, this is knowledge and ambidexterity. It took me a minute on number five. I know that's a long word, but I needed to get the right words. 
some of the words don't do what is necessary to completely describe. They blur a little too much or they just don't mean that all together. So ambidexterity is what we're looking for here. This is why you do get the androgyny and the hermaphroditic aspects with Wednesday being uh, Mercury, right? So you get the knowledge, which should not be confused with wisdom, because remember, that's tomorrow. That's guru. That's Thursday. You get the knowledge, but you get the ambidexterity. And the reason why these two work really well together is because knowledge is not necessarily wisdom. I'm going to need you to present something to me. I'm going to need you to present, you know, the reality and whatever it's about. But that doesn't mean when you when somebody presented the reality that you knew everything about it all of a sudden, that you understood how it functioned and everything. So you saw it. You got the knowledge of it, but the wisdom was the time you needed to spend with it to truly finally say, okay, I get it. So this is what we really need to understand about our lives is that we get fed a lot of information and it is useful. It's knowledge. It is useful when it becomes wisdom. And wisdom is the process of you now saying, do I really know it though? Like some people can say, well, yeah, I know everything about Kundalini. They could tell you where it comes from, how to you know, move it all around, all these different things, but they haven't even had a Kundalini experience. And in many tenses, they kind of feel like they have already because they've kind of mentally given themselves a Kundalini experience, but it actually hasn't happened physically yet. So they can't really say they know Kundalini. They can't really say they, they, they are, have Kundalini wisdom. I guess they could say in certain tenses, they know Kundalini. This is where the knowledge, even the word itself is kind of slated. It says knowledge, like you're almost knowing. You're just kind of like on this ledge of all you need to be pushed over. And then you, you finally would know it, but you're actually at the ledge of knowing. You're not actually in the knowing yet. Okay, so the word is impl- replete within itself. Because to truly know something, of course, that's what starts to bring in wisdom. So it's literally saying that that tip of knowing, like you're almost there. Once you fall over into it, now you're in the wisdom. Because there's also folly and all those that come before knowledge. So seeing also this ambidexterity, what is that really about? I, I like to see that, that as the shifter. A shifter. Like one who can actually really be into something, immersed in it deep. Almost on the, on the knowledge, almost on the ledge, but then leave. Just leave. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to do it. I'm good. I've seen enough of that. I don't think that's going where I want to go. That's ambidexterity because you literally switch poles. And without this, without this ability, when you're taking in knowledge, every single thing you read, you'll believe. <laughs> and you, you'll go life after life committing yourself to you didn't want read this one book. And now that's supposed to be the only truth. This is the only book that was dropped off on you. You read it. You believe it's the only truth. You live your whole life thinking that that is the truth and you die even thinking that's the truth. And if that didn't contain any keys for after death, then you loop it. Why not? We come back again and we try it again. So if you think about this, then when you're in the fields of this knowledge, thoughts, all this kind of stuff, you need to be quick. That's why Mercury, it's a big key here. Because if you don't know how to get unstuck, the longer that you're actually into something, you start sinking into it, you start believing it is, it starts acting on you, it starts molding you. Get wisdom before you start doing all of that. Until then, stay on the move and keep that balance with both of your poles so that way you don't sink into something, right? So that's five. Now we have three, which is the wisdom and the guidance. Anytime we're speaking of guides, we're in mentors. We talk about mentors, leaders. Anytime we're speaking of mentors, judges, guides, we're talking about this energy that it's put in charge of you. It's like, <laughs> it's like an old elder already. And it's just been a sign. You ever seen in, in some of these programs, they show like the king or, the, or the, the prince or the princess or whatever has got this person assigned to them that has to teach them 
It's not their father. It's not the king or the queen. It's not the mother. It's not, it's not any of the, those members of the family. It's an older member of the family that has taken it as their personal responsibility to give you tutelage. So again, here it's the number three, wisdom and guidance. Okay, this is the tutelage. See, because knowledge is still like, but you don't, you don't really know it yet. So something needs to be there that knows it already. So that way, you can have a lot of fun, you can move around, but when it's time to make a serious decision, you need to make sure you consult your guide internally. Now, the guide is always there. It's literally when you know that you're doing something that you should not really be doing, that's the guide. The guide is like, based on all of the knowledge and wisdom that we have so far, I don't think that's a good idea. (laughs) And that guide also is how synchronicities work. Like when you bump into people or they say certain things or you're there during a certain time, that's really most of the guides or the guide does not really want to interact with you on the level of like one of your friends in the reality. That's why you never see that relationship when they show that archetype. It's not the one you're joking with all the time. It's the one that's actually when they say something, you respect what they're saying and you make the move because if you're in this knowledge ambidexterity stage and you're flying all around but something real starts going on you need your guide to be able to come in and say here's wisdom and guidance not knowledge and ambidexterity you you need to go this direction because of this notice the difference between the two the the knowledge and ambidexterity is like all over the place like oh wow i'm exploring this is amazing let me go over here let me do this and that but something serious goes on the guide must come in immediately and say that way because of this This is not a question. This is none of that that Mercury has going on. Understand the difference between the guru versus the one that actually just has the the knowledge. Okay? But again, all these are different parts of ourselves. And knowing this pattern, knowing this algorithm opens up many things. So as we keep going forward, we then have number six, which is liberty and passion. Number six, six is sex. It's the whole regenerative process. I know that that was a claim to be the moon, but the moon is setting up the preparatory phases for that, dealing with the, as I said, the the feces and all of those different things. It is six who's actually engaged in the act. That's why it's that concave. That means it looks like this, this, this that pentagram that looks like that the one that's shaped like this i want to make sure that that's very clear not the straight line one i've said that for 10 years it's a simple sleight of hand for a magician to draw a straight line where there should be a curve thus making your making your your zero a one that that concave pentagram which you can go and witness so many places in nature even when things that you don't think are shaped like that if you go into the microscope and you go in and you'll see it Pi and phi. And so that is the passion. That is the the regenerative principle, the connection itself that's actually sustaining life. It's bringing the abundance. This energy is very vital in this system. If there's no sexual prowess and passion and all that, why even come out in the first place? If there's nothing that knows how to generate that, that much light, as they say, lux tenebris, as they even had their word loose and then whatever they put on the back of that. That, that. that means light. That means that you shine, you're radiant, splendid. That's why I said the red dress and the red lipstick and the red. And it's just exciting those passions. That is kicking off the furnace. And it is so important to have that in, in existence or you just don't want to do anything. You just start becoming unmovable. And that's in the wavelengths, that's not what is going on really in here for it to stay generating. And that's why also when we remove that component from our consciousness, we actually opened up our passing into another consciousness. Meaning, So if we move out the the, uh, passion of the reality, we actually open up a hole that sucks us into another existence. Because 
in existences, you need to be passionate about where you are. That's why people who don't have that passion, they start to wither away and they start because they're getting sucked into another place that is going to give that to them. Because this is a key component to how all of this works. So if you want to stay here, per se, if you have work to do here, you, you become as passionate as you can about the existence here in order to solidify yourself more with your power here. And if you're trying to let go, only thing that you're doing is actually getting sucked into a place that you would actually have passions again. Okay, so we have this liberty because this energy, this is the words, liberty and passion. Number six, liberty and passion. Because without this liberty, free, we can't call it freedom, with, with free, it can keep moving. Passion wants to keep moving. Do you get where I'm coming from with all of this? If you don't have any passion anymore about whatever it is going on, you're still going to move. These are forces that they're not, they're not going to be detached from any, each other. They have a harmony. How that actually uh, comes out in occultism, they bound, the forces here bound all themselves together like a fasci. All the trees or all the, the trunks of these trees bundled together to be stronger than all of the other beings. And they planted themselves. This is the occult lure that is around what we're actually talking about with this power. So this liberty and passion, it needs to keep rolling through. That's what I was saying. It's like the serpent twining the tree. That is the world serpent of the Kundalini. It still keeps moving. And other things move through it. And that's actually what keeps this regeneration happening. And then when you don't feel like you want to keep moving through it, you get transferred to a place that you feel like you want to keep moving. So that's why these kind of elements and knowing what they do alchemically is also the keys of, of turning on, turning off, moving up, moving down, all of those different things to guide your celestial being. But again, crawling before walking. The algorithm will reveal so many things to you and it's like a meditation in itself because then other things start unlocking, even beyond us explaining this in English. It is a sequence that unlocks something else that I can't actually explain to you. I know why it unlocks it, because the order is very important. The order is if you put something before another thing, that, another, that other thing never becomes. It aborts. So knowing this power is how to generate anything and create anything. So as we keep going, so we see, again, the liberty, it must be free. This is tough. This is tough for people because they get the abundance and they want to hold on to it. And it doesn't become abundance anymore. If you pull out all of the flowers, there's not going to be any growth of any more flowers. If you pull up, pull up all the trees, there's not going to be any growth of any more of the fruits. Some people want to take their favorite tree, pull it up by the roots, and put it right into their, their, their house. Put it right into their front yard or whatever. Then a tree dies. So it's an action because if something is supposed to be free and running free, and you don't know how to let that run free, you don't know how to let it run free inside of you, and thus you're, you're chaining it down. So this is like infinite slide of going into reality after reality where you have that moment, you have just moments of pleasure, and then it already you're snuffed out again before now, it's, and you just keep sliding through these worlds. This is why it's so important to get passionate about self and the experience that we're actually in and understand how to know how to keep your liberties. This is also hidden in the mythos that the Catholicism's marriage it mars, it damages. Why? Why, they, why would that be that way? It's because the man has to understand, as the woman has to understand, that they're both free. And that's the only way they can generate, because they're actually using two of the same co-creative components. So if each being needs the same thing from each one, then they cannot produce it. So that's how you damage, you damage forces that way. And it doesn't mean a man and a woman can't come into union and go into this projection together and have this experience and be totally that you would experience in that relationship and that communion more love than anyone could ever achieve in a so-called marriage. Why? Because 
the liberty and the passion is it's like it's um what do you call that there's a term it's um <laughs> it's basically where it, it catches when you find somebody that is liberated you become liberated when you find someone that is passionate you become passionate think about it somebody that has a lot of energy and passion you get that. I want that. I want to be free like that person. But what possession is, is that you attempt to take the person's freedom, basically, because you want all of their freedom for you. Or do you want all their, all their being free, all of their liberties? You want their liberties. Now, some of y'all maybe think about your little, your little relationships and stuff like that. I'm talking about states, nations, this kind of thing when they want all your liberties because you're so free and you're so beautiful. And then if you don't know how to use your power, because remember also Venus is not the dame in the woods. Don't let her put the dame in the woods routine on you. Venus is like an Amazon. She has power. And she has the pentagram. Like that's, a, that's called a hammer in the, in the astral plane. A pentagram is called the hammer. It can forge through light. So this is deep stuff. This is not a vulnerable being. But again, if you read the subset of the liberty and passion, and I'm just spending a little time on this because we're on Friday. I guess she wanted to, I don't know. I was like, why am I still on Friday? Yo, move on. Move on. What's going on? I was like, Friday's like, it's me. <laughs> Talk about me more. You know what I mean? And, and, but there it is. It's the liberty and the passion of being free. And that keeps everything moving. So now we cross over into that. Final point, eight, the thing that keeps it still all infinite. We want to make sure when we come back, there's something. <laughs> Can't let y'all mess it all up. The order and the power. That is our mantra. Number eight, order and power. Because there's a certain responsibility that comes with all of this. Remember, you got jewels. Shoot, some folks would like to rob you if you didn't know how to call on your protector and have honor. Some folks try to dole out your light if you don't have a resplendent son of greatness. Some will bore you to death with their knowledge and all of the stuff they're talking about if you didn't have so much liberty and passion to break free. So in all of this, there's the order and the power, and there's the ability to enforce that power. Remember, the whole thing with eight or set is that it's the only God or archetype that can actually inflict damage. None of the other beings, the protector and the honor and the knowledge and the dictator, I mean, excuse me, inflict what we call death, excuse me, because uh, uh, nine can inflict for sure damage. But death is in the hand of only one sign. And this is what keeps all the other signs in check. Now, remember, death in this case means if you lose all your passion and your liberty, then that planet has died in you. If you lose your wisdom and guidance, and that has died in you. So this is why this sign is so occult, because it has also within itself the power to bring life and death. So we can actually raise with other powers within this symbol, it can raise within the, within this uh, corpus. It can raise things from the dead. It's very important that we realize here: great instructors, like this, is when the belt comes out. <laughs> this is like guru wants to talk to you. I'm about to whoop your butt. <laughs> this is where that last level of okay. If, if it doesn't want to listen, even Mars needs to be put in check. Imagine you got the God of war. Who's going to step in if that, because it's, it's normally a protector. Mars is a protector, but if, when it gets off balance, it's a war God. It just goes to war with everything that's around it. So something still has to be coming in. That's even more bossed up than that. Now it's interesting again, how the signs work, because it doesn't always mean that you fight in fire with fire. All of these, just like you saw the elements of the, the world, the wood, the water, and how each of them slide into each other. 
One is greater like wood, you know, it's like, you know, fires raging up, burn the wood and water comes and dumps it out. They all have that same ability. So even the potentate, the order and the power coming in the last sign, if you made eight, and the mother will come and love on all of that and <laughs> just be like nothing. <laughs> just be in there man, man. <laughs> with a little scythe and everything. Man, man. So every single sign has its neutralizer. So this is why, like we talk about the angel or the demon, this is why knowing this power also gives you an extreme level of fluidity with yourself. It actually gives you the keys to your boat or your ship. Now you have access to get into every aspect of yourself. And then you're coming in there because you recognize what is happening. You're allowed in there. This is when somebody says, I'm going through this. And you say, I know exactly what I'm, you're going through because I've been through that before. Then it becomes a perfect key to getting into that, through that door and into that situation. So these are the keys. We're now on the 22nd. Now, in the projection, because I've been looking at it, I've been seeing what's happening. For me, on Sunday, this is a great time for us to close the space of this first level of meditation. Now, we can't, we don't close anything like it's going to be over. It's just we enter into a co-creation. We're building something. It's actually complete now. It's already good. It's always good to, to say, oh, it's going to take 60 days. And then if you arrive in 20, what's everybody doing? They're like, oh, yeah, we're here already. How do I thought it was going to take? Like, nah, man, this is the good cruise. It's like when somebody sets your clock an hour fast. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, I'm late. You just go like, oh, you're on time. How am I on time? Oh, I set your clock an hour fast. <laughs> I knew you was going to be late. I said 50 days because however long the journey takes, really. But, you know, if the kids are saying, are we there yet? You know, I'm just like, yeah, two hours, six hours, whatever. Just leave me alone. Stop bothering me. So what was it? Well, you saw what it was. It was the initiation of an entirely new reality as we know it and actuality. It's already happened. The world has changed now. Then that beginning part, how do I accept that? That's like a shoving off to the ocean. You ever seen when boats first, all the work is done once we get, once we're shoving off. When we got to roll the sails, got to pull the thing, pull the anchor, get in. It's so many things. But once that thing gets on, now that's when we get a chance to be like, okay, and the further it cruises, that's the more relaxed we're able to get. Especially if we're already rigged up to, to go through a storm if necessary. So that's what's happened. Now we have Sunday, which is Easter, right? Or the Easter. But the choosing has already gone on because the moon controls that. We're almost three days off the moon. So we have tomorrow, which is Saturday. Then we have Sunday. But you already have everything that you need. If you need to, if you just are coming in, this is your first day. It was amazing for you. Or maybe it made no sense, depending on where you're at. You do have something to, to revisit. That'll allow you to understand this story within yourself, even on a deeper level. I just kind of grazed over the, over the powers today. And I also gave them uh, good linguistic, linguistic terms in English so that everyone here can recite to themselves the ninefold spirit of power within themselves, preferably before bed. I said nothing negative here. I said nothing here. I, I, I named no names of any other entities or forces or anything. Nothing that you don't understand. Like these words are very direct in what they mean. And then now what you're doing with these words is, is you're committing them to memory in their order. Like that is what I'm giving you as knowledge and wisdom because you do have to take time, some time to actually put something there. <laughs> I know that I don't want to make it like everybody's dumb, but even I don't like to sit and memorize things. But I do have pages and pages of certain works that I have put to memory in the past. Because I knew that putting all that to memory created a certain phenomena. It was what I was saying before about when you do certain things before you go into bed and it's already put into memory, it just, you just slide right in there because you actually go to sleep at a certain point and you don't even realize that you've gone into rest. 
and now you're already in there. This is the empowerment tool to make sure that you stay on course because we're all, it's like an armada. We're not all in the same ship. If my eye closes, your eyes don't close. It's a mothership. We're all plugged in on different stations, all creating a full spectrum, rolling across the abyss. And we're linked into the organic web, which we're all creating with the energy that is coming off of us, which is a gold and then a silver line, as we've talked about. And then we're entwining with each other and we're vibrating. And this is causing ripples. And these ripples are the waveforms of existence. And our consciousness knows how to take those waveforms and use its feelers and reanimate that vibratory frequency to bring before us what it corresponds to. And it can be tuned up to be so accurate that it brings you a clear picture, not a distorted picture of what it exactly is. We've uncovered that when the lens is distorted or if it's too deep, like something too deep in the water, you cannot see it. And most of the time, you actually start seeing monstrous reflections as you try to look deeper into yourself to places undiscovered, geometry that you have not fit into your consciousness yet. But together as a school, in this huge ocean, us all moving together, not just one group, one group of type, type of fish, just trout. That's not what this is about. There's no S in our tribe. There's a few great whites, some orcas, some giant squids, some snap turtles, a couple guppies, all rolling across this ocean at this stage because we have learned it's best to travel that way. Whether somebody needs to go and get a little gym out of the crevice down there and, we, and it's a minnow and we don't need big body. Or if we're greeting one of our mothers or our fathers and it's a little bit much to take exactly how much they've grown at this stage. And we're having a little confusion about who they are that we're still standing with a force that is so powerful that it just grins because it recognizes its children. There's a baby of everything. And this is what we have to come to know within our power. This is not foolishness. This is the way and the order of life that every single level of alchemical and great levels of high arcana are always exhibited within the family structure first. And to know the family structure and the structure of a tribe is to know the highest level of occult knowledge. Everything else that has been created comes from that and why wouldn't it that's life so let us go forward here in our meditation i was able to get this fixed yesterday as far as what was going on yesterday so i'm going to go ahead and turn this camera on for all of the world to see this beautiful amazing tribe here in unison in our position in the mothership with our co-creations on point and as we continue to go forward in this world, as I said, we have a few more days in our meditation, but this is infinite. Now we also have the key. So for some, there is some homework to do as far as making sure that they understand how that fits into any locks that they may have so they can set themselves free. And then all, as we go forward, because we didn't miss anything, we even had a financial conversation yesterday. I was like, well, geez, wouldn't the finances come, come apart in meditation? It's the full spectrum. But as we go forward, you actually see and connect with everything that you're supposed to be doing and you won't really need to ask anyone. You'll only be receiving confirmations from them. Understand the difference. Sometimes, you know, you would think that you're asking someone something and really what you're doing is you're just getting confirmation. That's how it's gonna be from here. You'll be able to see it in the colors. You'll be able to see it in the numbers. You'll be able to hear it in the tones. You'll be able to see it in the insects. You'll see it in the birds. You'll see it in people's attitudes. You'll see it on their clothes. You'll see it on the signs in the streets. Because it was always around, as I talked about before, that it's made from everything. But it doesn't speak English all the time. It speaks to you in a deep way, a deep way of feelings. That will be your confirmation. 
Because sometimes, you know, if I see another 1111, that's not enough. What is this confirming? So you need to be on course, on your path, so you know what this stuff is actually confirming for you. Lastly, because we mentioned this num numeric system, we could not do that without the number four and the number seven. Some may want to know how that plays in. I didn't assign names to the four and the seven. So we ended with order and power. The four and seven, which is Rahu and Ketu, again, for those that are just joining the line or just joining these meditations and builds, there are two more numbers to make a total of nine numbers. We only have seven of those numbers in our day of the week. The two other numbers that are missing is four and seven, which make up most of Western occultism because these are the powers that actually control the spectrums of the planets. Why? Because they're correspondences to the nodes of the moon. North node and the south node of the moon. And this is very simple to divine. It is that even if you're completely, I don't know, Saturn, number eight, a true eight, eights all over the place, you still act one way when it's a new moon and you act another way when it's a full moon. So what is that, that symbolic to in the ancient system is, is that there's a head and the head is severed from the tail or actually from the body, which includes the tail. And that a big myth here when this dragon was cut in two, if you may, was that it had a hard time allowing its head to reconnect with its tail. And we crack that and demystify that. And that it, of what that means is that many people say things or believe things that they don't act out with their body. So there's no confirmation in their action of what they're saying and what they believe. And if to put them back together, but to put them back together would mean that you, what you're saying and what you're thinking and everything else that comes from up here would align with what also is being done by this down here. Because when we make the term lower world, even that word is a little like you got to watch out what you say if you're disrespecting something. Because we're talking about all metaphysics here. The lower world is really responsible for getting you whatever you need. When you want to go and get some, when the mind says, I'm ready, I need some, I need some water. It's the legs that got to bend up and walk you over there to that refrigerator. So when we're talking about the lower worlds, not distortion, but when we're talking about the lower worlds or the negative, what we're actually referring to is powerful grounding forces that are responsible for us carrying out things on the ground. So as a ruler of your own kingdom, it's great to go in and spread love and spread joy and spread gifts to the lower parts of the body. Lotioning, manicuring, massaging, you can massage yourself. But doing that to this part of the body is, remember, is remembering because as we see, many are just working on this face up here and these thoughts. They want to look pretty and then, you know, try to sound smart. And then all this is garbage. And so it doesn't, it doesn't match up. So this is where the ceiling of the ring comes in. This is what, where that ring is. Like I said, there's a serpent's tail or Boris, and then it eats a tail. That, that's the ring of Solomon. Four and seven. Let what your mind, let your mind and your heart be in tune. You get it? Let your mind and your heart be in tune. These are perfectly positioned in their two different parts of the state. This is the center of all of this. This is the center of this up here. This is the, the uh, bird up here, the magnetic. And this is the electric. These legs are the two snakes, as they call them. Yin and yang. And then up here, you have this higher world, this magnetic system. So this is bringing those two together as we talked about the angel and the demon. But remember, since this is the electromagnetic field, it's going to take some surgeon's work in you. This is going to take your efforts to do this because you're doing something to akin to putting an orb or a sphere type magnet that is cracked back together. And anybody that knows magnets, if you crack a sphere, it does not come back together right away, right where it was before. This is most important. You, to learn electromagnetics or to learn anything about magnets, mag, magi, 
lodestones even for birth, this kind of things, the power of magnets. It also has powerful metaphors because a donut ring magnet pushes, or, or pushes the field of the Taurus. A donut ring magnet pushes the field of a Taurus. So, but still just the simple principles when you break a magnet and you try to put it back together, it doesn't snap back together where you broke it. It actually won't come back together. It starts to force itself apart because the poles get switched. So this means that if any chakras take damage, if any parts of us take damage, it takes special kind of healing to actually make that damage mend back together. Now we have it because when you cut yourself, it mends itself back together. That's a sign of a supreme being. So just remember, remembering in your formula that if you're having a hard time, even like, oh, I don't want to do that, or I don't see how that's going to be possible and all that, just remember that's all magnetic work. That's always what the magnetic say in, in opposing poles to each other, that they're not going to come back together. <laughs> so don't think that those thoughts and those energies are foreign. They are present. They do not want to come back together. But like a referee who wears black and white, you're working with the higher law. So it's whatever you say to do. It's not ultimately what they say to do. They, if, if it was up to them, they would never come together. That's why the higher law has to step in. It's like the kids, they're, they're fighting, they're bickering. The parent don't step in. And like, this is what you're going to do, though. So you have to bring that energy in to understand your connection and your balance with everything that's around you. So now you have the keys, you have the tools. Let's go into our 15-minute meditation today. This is a time that you would take at least a moment to center yourself properly. If you wanted to light up your Palo Santo, you know, your, your incense, maybe you should have done that a little bit earlier. <laughs> we could take a little bit of time and a few moments since we have infinity. And again, as we coast across this cosmic creation that we've put together, you know, don't let nobody assail your side of what you're upholding. Meaning that each of us here in this co-creation, as we go through this, like we're going to keep doing more and more and more. We already have stuff that we got coming. We're going to keep even finding stuff that was never even heard of. But we're going to do all that for fun. Right now, what this is about is this is about setting in motion and keeping in motion what allows us to be able to do that, to have that fun, to have those liberties. So with us all in this co-creation, each doing our own work at putting this level of consciousness to our memory of how things functions inside of us, it gives us strong resonance in what's happening in this space with us. Like, I'm, I don't know, I'm in Costa Rica, so I may be 4,000 miles away from you. I may be 500 miles away from you. But in this, I'm right there. Like there's not even, you couldn't even slide a, a thin razor blade in between how close we all are together at this stage. So let us go forward in supporting each other. Like I don't got to talk to you about this. Like invisible is the greatest, most powerful thing. How long can you live without air? But can you see it? So there's the invisible force that we're moving with. And it's not something that you need to see. To make things visible in the physical spectrum that powerful is the equivalent of lighting a nuclear bomb inside of this thing. It exists in a space that can handle all that power. That's all of us. So we work from that space and we project into this one. Always being aware of what goes on the lower court doesn't affect the higher court. So while you're playing around in all of this, don't lose your allotment because something cons you out of it here, making you think and believe that what's going on here is going to remove you from where you are at already up there. Meaning in the higher law, always being able to take power over a situation and say what is really final. Issuing your, your bulls and your edicts and your decrees across the land. But be a good king, be a good queen, be a good kahin. Like actually do it. <laughs> Like we always are hiding, thinking somebody's not seeing and all this kind of stuff. It's, just, it's really just about you. Who cares about everybody else? Talk to your body. Remember, you got thousands of organisms really in here, all waiting on you, all depending on you, all hoping that you're able to get them to the transcendence. Some may see that as a huge responsibility, but technically it's actually the only way you can get there. 
to love yourself and all the rest of these powers. Give this to yourself even before you give it to others. And you'll be able to do the greatest things and the most amazing things for everyone. So here we are. I'm going to go ahead and line this up on the camera today. So during this meditation, what we're going to be putting our consciousness into is just one taking deep breaths. Realizing that there is a bridge, there is an order to your magnitude. And now you have that order. And even if you choose to experiment with other forms and fashions, you'll still always come back to this because this is what they were created from. This knowledge and this wisdom is thousands and thousands of years old. Traces back all the way to the proto-Saharan times. Back into the Ur. Back into the seeds and the forms of creation when the knowledge and the wisdoms, when, when all the powers walked on the earth meaning that just in pure, unadulterated form, this is what they were unapologetically. That became us. And we have so many synergies happening. There's been so much communion. There's even been so much consumption that this unique form that comes forth called the human being, they have untold principles and properties. So now you get a chance to look forward to an infinity of existence of total exploration of yourself. And it would take you that long. Because as you're having an experience more created, every time you add who you are to what's going on, it takes on another variant. Because you do have something unique. And thank goodness that uniqueness doesn't make up all of us. It probably only makes up 1% of us. But that 1% is our contribution. It's our spin on how it all works here. And we look forward to that. Everyone's uniqueness here is cherished and honored. We know it's different. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be. So you're welcome for your difference. And that's the space that we created. So here we are.